Welcome to a new episode of Inside Marketing Design. If we haven't met yet, I'm Charlie. I'm the Marketing Design Lead at ConvertKit. And I started this series to basically talk to my peers in the industry, my fellow marketing designers, about how they get work done at their companies. In today's episode, I'm speaking to Steph Mosher, who works on the Lumix team at Panasonic North America. Now, Panasonic is obviously a huge global company. They have about 270,000 people worldwide, and then about 13,000 of those work in the US. Their business spans from consumer electronics like TVs, Lumix cameras, grooming products, microwaves, uh, but also they do B2B products as well. For example, I learned that they make batteries for electric cars like Teslas. I'm really glad that Steph was able to come on the show and tell us about how marketing design works for the Lumix category, but also about how their team fits in with the wider company as a whole. So let's get into it and take a look inside marketing design at Lumix. Welcome, Steph, to Inside Marketing Design. I'm so excited to have you here. I was really excited when I saw your name pop up because, I mean, you know, Panasonic, huge company, and um, it's just great that your company is open to you being on the show to share things. So I'm excited to dig in and learn about how you, you how marketing design works. Let's start by talking about your role in the company and like where it fits. Talk us through your role, what team you sit on, where that team sits within the company. Give us a quick lay of the land. So Panasonic, like you said, huge company, they're everywhere. And um, North America, I work in the Newark office and it's uh, a very small team for, with Lumix. I think we are a, less than 20 people in office. And then we have obviously a whole bunch of ambassadors, a whole bunch of um, in-store support specialists. Now we're all working remotely, but um, as a team, we're very tight knit. Like we're just always available to each other, and it's really it's really nice to be that flexible and have have um, direct access to the sales side of things, which I don't have much experience with. Right. So, who do you report to on your team? Like, who's your manager? So, I work for Michelle Escar. She is the group manager for brand experience for all of Panasonic Consumer Electronics. Um, Panasonic Consumer is everything from microwaves to um, shavers to vacuums and beauty products. Since it's such a wide category of products, uh, sh I am also dedicated solely to Lumix, but we mm -hmm. have I have a complimentary designer who I sit with um, who does all of the rest of the categories. In you saying this, it sounds like, are you the only designer on the marketing side of the Lumix team then? Yes. Yes, wow. I am the sole designer. Um, my my partner will pick up the slack if I'm overwhelmed. Um, we also have a contractor who is very wonderful, and he does a lot of the production design for stuff like Amazon and the website. So, like, if we are launching a new product, he does all of the website support for that. Cool. Um, so I'm I'm very like it's a very small design team. It's my boss, the other designer, me, and the contractor. And then we have a copywriter too. So five people. <laughs> wow, that's so small considering how huge Panasonic is. And like, yes. you know, uh, wow, that's just like mind boggling. Do you ever get to interact much with designers elsewhere in the company? Because like, I'm assuming there are designers elsewhere in the company. Do you operate as a wider design team at all? We should. We should <laughs> talk to them a lot more than we do. Um, occasionally they'll come up and ask us questions about things. But uh, right now, no. It's something I've been actually wanting to do for the for a while, 
Um, I just haven't got, especially with the um, Varicam team, because uh, we have the S1H, uh, which is a very high powered cinema camera. And I would love to like pick their brains sometimes about like what the direction of the Varicam is going in. But um, no, as of right now, we're kind of like, we, we, do, we, we stick to ourselves do in the day to day. I think that it's really hard in a company when that sort of splintering has already happened. It's hard to bring things back together again. I've found this even in ConvertKit that um, for a long time, product and marketing design has been very separate. You know, we, we talk to each other and we're a small company. There's only like 50 something of us. So it's easy to see what everyone else is working on. But we haven't really been operating as a cohesive design team, you know, essentially. I mean, even at our tiny scale compared to yours, it's been hard to, to bring that back together again. So I get it completely. Yeah. And like, like I said, we only have in office less than 20 people. I think 20 may be stretching it. And they are often shared with other divisions like headphones or um, techniques audio or something like that. So like their time isn't 100% Lumix like mine is. So they might be splitting their time with other categories. Day to day, I only work with my marketing manager. Like that's that's it. One person mm. most of the time day to day. Um, my boss will sometimes come in and check in on us, but she's given us a lot of autonomy um, to take the brand and run with it. That's great. It's awesome to be able to have that sort of autonomy despite being part of such a large you know, global brand. Um, and that must be, be great for you as a designer, you know, to, yes, to know that you can still have that. It's extremely liberating, actually. Um, I've worked with a lot of companies where the brand voice was already established and we were speaking to a very tight audience but this this is just basically like a blank canvas uh even though we have a lot of history we haven't done enough self-promotion with it as a brand mm -hmm. to really like have a, a distinct voice in the in the right. lineup so i feel like we're a little bit still um pretty neutral to most people and the brand sentiment that we have is overwhelmingly positive with our existing customers. So it's just a matter of like trying to find people who haven't tried us yet. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it must be fun to be able to build that voice and, you know, what those visuals are going to look and feel like. Let's talk a little bit about what you actually work on as a team. Like um, where does the marketing team for Lumix focus their efforts? What do you find yourself working on most often? Most often I find myself on, I would say, campaigns. So okay. uh, last year we ran a big campaign for the S-series for the S around the S1H launch, but also the um, S1 got a um, V-Log firmware upgrade, which is like, to anyone who doesn't know cameras, <laughs> a total snooze fest. Um, to anyone who does know cameras, that's really exciting information. We were doing a free promotion where if you bought an S1, you got the free firmware upgrade, which was normally like $200. Okay. And I think there was also a promotion running at the time too. So we were just like really heavy into like promotion mm -hmm. for those cameras. Yeah. And what does a campaign look like? What do you find yourself designing as part of a campaign? Um, anything from, we did a website takeover for Cinema 5D. We did um, events around the S1H launch. So we did posters and wayfinding stuff, um, flyers. Um, we used to do a lot of trade show materials. So like little cards to hand out at the booths and just a lot of retail support. Um, so not only companies like B&H and Anorama, but we support all of our mom and pop camera shops as well, mm. because if we don't give them high quality 
uh, posters and um, counter cards and flyers, they're not going to get them. You know, they're yeah. if they they're not going to get out there. Right. They're not going to pay for their own designer to go and create something. So it's really helpful when you can provide it. This is reminding me so much of my first job in the design industry. Like my first job as a designer, I worked for a company that distributed Mitsubishi electric products. So it wasn't as cool as cameras. It was like heat pumps and refrigerators. But uh, yeah, I remember having to do things for dealers, like creating templates for them to run ads in their local newspapers and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. we've sh we've actually scaled back doing... Um web banners significantly it was yeah. one thing that we were doing a lot of when I started um, and I'm like the juice isn't worth the squeeze on this okay <laughs> we are not getting nearly enough out of it for the amount of time we're putting into it so I managed to switch and pivot our web banner efforts into social media nice which all of our all of our dealers have appreciated so far that like because that's where they're doing most of their promotion anyway is on social media these days. I also like have been the uh, kick in the pants to put our our brand in uh, Instagram stories more, and we were starting to scale up to it pre COVID and like trying to figure out what exact what kind of content we want to put onto it. And then as soon as um, COVID came, one of our managers said, we have to really, really dig into social. And I'm like, I am here for you. Boy, do I have ideas. Um, Great. Which, and I've been doing most of my um, Instagram story animation in Keynote, actually, which Interesting. is very, very different because I don't know After Effects, but I really want to learn it. So I think that's going to be like my, my, uh, my goal eventually is to like actually learn quote-unquote real animation <laughs> yeah yeah gotcha but i mean you're making do right now with what you've got let's quickly touch on some other tools that are part of your process then since you yeah. brought that up so aside from keynote what else do you use as part of your design process total adobe workflow um, okay in photoshop almost all day every day uh, occasionally illustrator sometimes in design if i have like a brochure to edit but usually we get assets from japan and they'll be translated into english pretty well and then we'll take them to our copywriter to make them feel a little bit more natural. Um, and then I take that and, and do the, the, edit, the actual like laying out and changing some of the photography out to be more relatable to a U.S. audience. Yeah, I'd love to dig into that a little bit deeper. Um, yeah. Like how, do, how much freedom can you have with the brand when you are part of such a huge global brand, you know, it sounds like your team can have a lot of autonomy, but there's going to be a limit to that autonomy, right? Um, where, where does that end for you? Like what, what are you allowed to change and, and what aren't you? I think our global team has been extremely open to, um, extremely open to whatever we bring to the table. Great. Um, I'm extremely fortunate. My marketing partner, Emmy is, Japanese. She's on loan to us as a kind of like a works work study mm -hmm. for two years. So she's going, she's in our American office learning how uh, our side of the business works. But in two years, she'll go back to Japan and we will get hopefully someone as good as she is because she is <laughs> awesome. She's uh, been great, a great asset to our team. And she's been very good about um, taking my ideas to them and if they're not open to it initially, figuring out a, like a compromise. So she's like, she's been kind of like that bridge to global. I love that when you get that like ideal work partnership, you know, and uh, you can just it's make so some rare. things together. It is, you're right, but it's wonderful when it happens. <laughs>
That's cool. Okay, so it sounds like you've got much more freedom than I was expecting, honestly. I just yeah. always have this preconceived notion that anything, any company of that size, things are going to be pretty strict and, you know, you're going to have a lot of constraints to deal with. It's, well, don't get me wrong. Yeah. We They do have uh, an expectation for us as far as the brand look and feel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually be- being um, reevaluated right now. So because it's being reevaluated, I feel like we have a little bit of right. wiggle room where like we you can before. you can have an impact on what that reevaluation looks like with yes. the ideas that you're sharing back to the team. And yeah. thankfully they're open to our suggestions and they're yeah. open to and like they're they're willing to let us take the lead on something on some global initiatives like um where if we have a product launch maybe giving me the email for the global launch um instead of the Japanese team developing it. So um I also do a lot a lot of email. Oh yeah. Um that's the bulk of what I'm what I'm doing is we have a very very engaged um, email list and our click-throughs are off the charts so I I they te- they tend to want to nurture that audience. Mm-hmm, um, the thing is is that it's not growing okay. as as rapidly as we wanted to, so which is why I'm trying to shift the attention to social media. Maybe we should do YouTube ads. Maybe we should do. Um, more paid me- paid social media instead yeah. of just all organic. So it's kind of like trying to find that sweet spot of marketing where you're bringing new pe- new new voices, new talent, and younger people into the brand. Yeah, totally. What do you use for working on those emails? Are you having to like code them in HTML yourself? I am very very fortunate. We share um, with the entire Panasonic North America. We um, have a dedicated Marketo designer. Mm-hmm. Um, so I make the assets in Photoshop. I make the email in Photoshop and then I send her all of the assets and she makes it into a beautiful email for me. So Great. I don't need to know. I don't need to know how to code an email. Um, I used to try and I got frustrated with it. I do a little bit of coding on the side, but it's mostly for web, not for email. Yeah, email coding is a whole nother story. <laughs> so that's great that you don't have to yeah. deal with that. I love it. <laughs> I feel like I'm like, you know, already hearing so much of why strategy is in your job title. You know, you've talked a lot about ideas you have, not just for the visual design of how something will look, but actually what you're marketing and what you're doing. Um, and I get a sense that, you know, you obviously play a bigger role in the marketing team than just being the designer. Is that something you brought to the team? Was it expected of you? Can you talk a little bit about like, yeah, where that strategy side of things came from? I think it took a little while for them to trust my ideas, but um, I think that now I have full buy-in from my team. That's Um, awesome. But it's always, when you're new, everyone always wants to be like, it's uh, it's always like kind of like a break-in process of like, how far can I push things? How would you describe your responsibilities for your role? I feel like my responsibilities are mostly around elevating the, the look and feel of the brand right mm-hmm. now. Yep. And bringing bringing us uh, another lens to the to the conversation and like I have worked in a lot of different kinds of marketing departments um, and that's the beauty of freelance is you kind of like you hang out for a little while you see how the sausage is made in one in one working environment and then uh, you move on to the next and you and you bring all of that experience with you to the next role. I, I think bringing the, all of those different perspectives, those different ideas, and being like, well, 
how can we, where can we offer maybe a student discount? You know, mm. where can we, where can we reach people who don't have any knowledge of our, of our cameras, who have no idea that they exist? It's really interesting because we're always, we're always in the lineup of people, especially with video of, um, our cameras are always in the lineup but they're never really at the top of the lineup the way mm. Canon and Sony are. We have a lot of room to fight for that. For like, there's there's no there's nothing holding us back. Like, why why not punch above our weight? And like, as a small company, like we can bring a lot of um, listening to the to the table, and we can be like listening to our audience and responding to them. We've been doing that a lot with our new Lumix Live initiative on YouTube, where we have one of our tech reps every single week uh, is been on YouTube, just answering questions from the audience and cool. like asking like, what aren't they getting and what mm. do they want? So it's really, really been interesting and eye opening to see like what people love about our cameras because they've challenged our preconceived notions of the brand. I love that. And it sounds like you're really doing a good job of putting like a face to the brand because when you have a brand as big and global as Panasonic, Panasonic and Lumix, you know, putting the tech rep, right? You know, now you've got a, a real person who's talking to you and answering your questions. I think that's yes. great. And Sean is the person who you normally see in a store for an event. So okay. he would be the, like, if there was a demo day, he'd be behind the Lumix table um, telling you everything you need to know about the camera. But sticking him in front of a camera and letting him talk to an audience that maybe would never consider walking into a brick and mortar store yeah. has been phenomenal. Let's talk about... You, a bit about your project workflow. So I'm already getting the sense that things are quite collaborative on your team. How does a project normally come to you? Sounds like you have a lot of ideas yourself. Do you ever get given like an official brief though as well to work from? We are changing the system currently. Okay. So um, we had a system in place. It was inher like we inherited it from another team and it's just not super flexible. We needed something that was a little bit more agile because um, for in order for them to write a brief, they had to usually submit information that they don't have or they would just put like, see me in the in the in the comments instead of like actually writing down what needed to be delivered. So um, we're in the process of changing that. It's probably going to take a year to really fully consider what that is. Since my time is 100% Lumix um, and I'm not split between categories the way my coworker is, I don't have to worry about it so much because um, I don't need to be tracking via category for my boss to like know like whether or not someone's getting more <laughs> more hours out of, out of uh, our other designer. Every week we have a monthly, a weekly sync um, where we go over all the open projects, everything that's been shifted to the back burner, what can we take off of the back burner, and it's just an Excel spreadsheet. And um, it's it's held by my marketing partner, and she is the, the basically the gatekeeper to me. And if anyone wants to get a project on my plate, they have to talk to her. Right. And she's the one that prioritizes everything. She needs to know where, like almost like a project manager needs mm. to know what the status is on everything. And since we work together so closely, if something changes, she just messages me and says, hey, uh, I know that we said that this was due Tuesday. We're going to shift this back to Thursday so that we can get this new thing that just came in that needs to be done now, which yeah. seems to be most of my projects needs <laughs> to be done. <now>. ASAP. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Are you 
Are the projects you work on very short turnaround times? Sometimes, yeah. Okay. So like um, if I'm working on something like a landing page, that'll be kind of like the back burner throughout the whole, like right now I'm working on an S-series landing page. That'll be on back burner for months. Right. Um, it'll come off the back burner, on the back burner. I had to do this with a flyer template recently where it's been on the back burner so long, I just say, Emmy, clear my schedule. Or this week is so light, can we, I just need to put just my need head to get down. It done. Yeah. And get it done and get it off my plate because otherwise we're never going to prioritize this. Yeah. So um, it's just one of those things that's always kicking in the background. So I think the the S series landing page is my next big baby, where I'm I've already started it, but I haven't touched it in like probably over a month. Right. So um, that's that's going to be that's going to be a fun one because we want to make it really 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 classy looking. Exciting. It sounds like then you have someone who can help you with the prioritization and the project management and be keeping on track of, you know, where everything's at, but that also you can speak up when there's a project that you want to make a priority, you know, and you yes. say, yeah, we can, yes. we can make this happen now. I want to get this and, finished. And if there's something um, like International Women's Day came around and I feel like our audience, when I look into our Instagram statistics, it skews male. So one of the things I've really been trying to do is make the brand more appealing to women and mm -hmm. more um, just visually less heavy, less yeah. dramatic. The, our brand colors are red and black, um, <laughs> which are extremely male colors. So And um, hard to work with as a designer, too. <laughs> yes. And really bad for... Um, Color blindness, which mm -hmm. is accessibility is a big thing that I'm worried about. So um, I'm always trying to be like, well, how can we do this? How can we flip from dark backgrounds to light backgrounds? What does the brand look like in a light setting? Mm. And um, with our Instagram stories for International Women's Day, I had a really cool idea I wanted to do. And I just made a very, very... Uh, this is the, the keynote animation I was talking about earlier. I made a very basic idea like a like a like a loose idea and I showed it to the head of the Lumix team and I said can I do this and he said go for it so I was like I'm, I'm doing it <laughs> it's what I'm doing now. <laughs> so now we try to do this kind of like little like we'll do we did one for Mother's Day we're gonna have one for Father's Day tomorrow um and I we just have like all like we're doing those kind of like extra polished things for uh kind of like holidays and events right now but I'd like to do them more um we're, we work with agencies sometimes, so I'm wondering if we can bring on um, social agency capacity in the future. Right. Uh, but right now, it's me. Right now, it's you. <laughs> I, am, I am the social agency. You're the social agency handling that capacity. I love it. It yes. sounds like you stay pretty in tune with the data side of things, too. Like, you're looking at the, the stats of the Instagram and things like that. Um, does that you also should have never gave me access to that. <laughs> Does that also apply to uh, like landing pages, campaigns, things like that? Are you always looking at how they're performing in terms of the data? We don't get as much analytics back from our landing pages. I could probably ask our web team for that. Um, but right now, I don't have any analytics for that. I want it. How do you determine if a project is successful then, especially if you don't have access to those analytics, what else do you measure it by? Um, and how do you know if you're, you know, you've done a good job essentially? Right now, our team is not very good at looking back. And I will say that as something we need to work on. We're not good at looking back and saying, how did this perform? Mm. Um, and 
what can we do better and, and to make this better yeah. and i am trying to especially since i've been here a year i'm already seeing the cycles that 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 go on seasonally um i'm noticing like it used to be around events like for our big photo trade events we send so much out into those events and then have no idea how <laughs> yeah. like how 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 that well they were received or not what about as a team um, so like, for example, at ConvertKit as, as a company, we set OKRs, objectives and key results at a, like a company level, at a team level, and then also at an individual level. So these are like the things we need to achieve in the next quarter, for example. Um, do you, do you have some sort of system that your team works on for that? Where there's like, yeah, quarterly goals or anything? We have annual goals that we okay. set as, as like employees within the company and I mm -hmm. review it with my manager, but my goals are my goals and they're not tied to KPIs. If PCEC, uh, Panasonic Consumer Electronics Company as a whole does well, I get a bonus annually, but um, my role is not as tied to KPIs as let's say um, the sales team is. So <laughs> thankfully my goals are mostly about you know, improving workflow, improving mm -hmm. communications um, between team members, maybe adding new templates to the system so that we can make turnaround assets more quickly, yep. um, things like that. Do you have um, regular performance reviews and are these goals that you're setting coming in as part of, of the review that you do with the manager? I can check in with my manager whenever I please and ask her how I'm doing. We have just one-on-one -on -one conversations every once in a while. Uh, we had one recently. And I can tell her my frustrations at any point. Uh, we have a, a bi-weekly creative meeting on the calendar where the, all, all five of our lovely team sits down and we talk about just to each other, because sometimes we don't talk to each other, especially during COVID, uh, what, what, talk about what we're, do, what we're working on uh, and what are, like, what, are our, what are our blockers, what are, we, um, what are we struggling with? I'd love to dig in a little deeper onto some of the main challenges that you're facing at the moment or like areas of growth that you're trying to work into. You already mentioned wanting to learn sure. After Effects, which I think is is great and will fit in well to your Adobe suite workflow already, you know. Um, what are some other challenges that you're facing at the moment? So one of the challenges that I face um, is primarily being able to manage my back burner and bringing mm. things to the foreground. Yeah, like I said earlier, um, and I think that I end up doing a lot of production work. I really need to work on delegating. Mm. Um, we have our contractor who is wonderful. He's fast. He's super efficient, and um, I need to give him more work to do. <laughs> sometimes right. I tend to just kind of like take it all on myself, yeah. and I've, I've been admonished a few times for being like, "This is this is so you're getting you're getting stuck in the weeds here. You gotta." You got to get out and ask for help sometimes. So I'm yeah. very bad at asking for help. <laughs> I think this is like solo designer syndrome because I've had that problem too. Um, a, a wee while ago now, actually, we brought on a part-time freelance designer at ConvertKit who can I can give work to and you know create imagery, create documents, templates, whatever I need. And my first instinct is always to be like, oh, I could just do it myself though. But like then it's taking my time away from other things, right? Like for you, it's taking your time away from your back burner projects when you're working on that stuff that you should be handing off. So yes. yeah, I get it completely. And I'm, and I'm very, very happy that he gets to work on all the Amazon stuff because it is not 
my favorite place to be. <laughs> Amazon is such a uh, such a beast with all the assets it requires, especially for all of our different products, all of our different cameras. All of our lenses. Like yeah, that sounds like way too much. <laughs> but getting my, uh, trying to make my back burner vlog much less is definitely one of my growth areas uh, for this year. Also, I would really, really, really like to learn video. Hmm. Um, not just not just animation, but like video editing. Um, I've had no real reason to in the past because I've mostly worked on um, st like still work, but I feel like I just I just think that it's just a tool worth having. Yeah. Um, so if you have any recommendations after this, I'd love to hear them. <laughs> Deal. Yes. I mean, I'm always going to say that I think knowing how to do video is, is great and it'll tie in really well with your animation stuff you're already doing and wanting to learn more of too. All right. Let's end by talking about some of your favorite parts of your job. What do you love about what you do as a marketing designer? Honestly, I love working with photography. I, um, almost double majored as an art major in graphic design and photography. And I used to go out and take pictures all the time, but I really like just that I get to look at gorgeous pictures all day. Like pinch me. I'm dreaming. You know? I love um, that. It's, I have the best assets to work with uh, when you're selling a camera because like our photographers take amazing, beautiful, gorgeous pictures. And like the, the, the consumers only see like, five percent of them we get to see all of them so i have like this website that i go to where the ambassadors can upload their their work and i can just like go in and i have these huge ginormous uh files to play with and make poster sized or flyer sized or whatever so um yeah that's definitely that definitely brings me a lot of joy and i also really really love working with my marketing partner she's fantastic we've really gotten in the groove of like just kind of like anticipating what each other really needs in the workday. Mm. So um, especially like if I know that she's working on a report, I know that I can like scale back and work on maybe something that'll make her happy <laughs> later on. You know, oh, that's like sweet. give her give her give her like a, a quick win at the end of the day. So it's just it's fun. It's just fun work uh, having someone that you can really click with on a day-to-day -day level is really great. And my colleague, uh, the, our, my other designer, Johnny, is so nice, so great. Um, and he's always super supportive whenever I need his help, which sometimes you just need to talk shit about Photoshop. Can I say that? <laughs> you can. You can swear on this show. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you just need to talk shit about Photoshop with someone and, like, uh, rage about how you are getting the beach ball of death and... Um, and no yeah, one will quite understand that like a fellow designer. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Well, this has been fascinating for me, Steph. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Do you, where, where can people follow you online and, and see more of your work? Is there anything you want to give a shout out to? I am a very private person online, so I tend not to shout out. But if you want to see um, more of what I'm doing with Lumix, definitely sign up for our email list at shoppanasonic.com slash Lumix. You can also follow Lumix at LumixUSA on Instagram. That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter. My handle is at Steph yeah, but I'm, I'm very, very antisocial online. So if you want to reach out to me, feel free. If you want to talk design, uh, DM me, but I am not, I'm a very lean back social media person. So 
Uh, well, you know what? Hearing that you're not online all that much and you're pretty private makes it even more special that you've come on this show. So thank you for sharing with us and for being here today. No, thank you. I've watched your videos for so long that it's just, it really is such a, it's awesome just to hang, hang out and talk, talk design. Yeah, I've loved it too. Thank you so much, Steph. Hey, thanks, Charlie. Thank you for listening to this episode, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I especially loved hearing Steph talk about her relationship with the marketing manager on the team. I just think that those working relationships are so special. Marketing designers often end up in a situation where they aren't part of a huge design team and they don't have a lot of designers to like rely on as colleagues to bounce ideas off. So it's just really great when we can have that creative working relationship with someone who isn't a designer. I also really enjoyed hearing about the autonomy and the impact that Steph could have on what is already a very established, you know, global brand with these like global brand guidelines. And I think it's just a testament to how we as marketing designers, um, in-house especially, we work within constraints and we bring our creativity out in other ways when there's a set brand or like some things that can't change, you know? I'd love to hear what your main takeaways are from this episode. Feel free to tweet them to me. I am at Charlie Prangley. Tag me on Instagram, I'm the same name over there. Just a reminder that I give in every episode, but this show is available in both video and audio formats. You can watch the videos on Charlie Marie TV, my YouTube channel, or you can listen to the audio by searching for the podcast in whatever podcast player app you use. You can find links to all of the above at insidemarketingdesign.co. All right, thank you for being here, everyone. I hope you have a good week and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.